0: My skin is black Um, My skin is black
1: I feel so good to be black right
0: now (laughs) Welcome to episode 72 of the Black in Fashion Podcast Thanks you guys so much for joining us today Of course for every episode I have to acknowledge all of our Black-owned sponsors We have episodes sponsored today by the Assembly Line, um, Kara Kinks 620 style and the trendy big mouth podcast i'm going to get into a little details about all of those sponsors that we have throughout the episodes and make sure you guys check them out today i am joined by archon origin he is the owner of origin culture thank you so much archon for joining us today say hi to the people
1: <laughs> how are you doing how are you doing all my lovely people in this world
0: Absolutely. So I like to start my podcast by doing like a little icebreaker. It's just called This or That. And you just let me know which item you prefer over the other item. Okay? Okay. So the first one will be motorcycles or trench jackets.
1: Hmm. Motorcycles for me. I got got, got, got in trouble for being on a motorcycle when I was young. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> you still got the jacket. <laughs>
0: cool. Are you a V-neck or crew neck guy?
1: I think V-neck.
0: Definitely a V-neck guy. Are you a fitted or relaxed fit jean guy?
1: Well, r- I think fitted, by COVID. <laughs> I <gotta be> loose. <laughs> <laughs> no, or, or I put on my cane cloth. <laughs> gotcha.
0: And do you like uh, berets, fedoras, or like baseball caps?
1: Oh, fedoras.
0: Fedoras. Okay. Dope, dope, dope. So let's get in a little bit about you. Tell me about your background, where you grew up, and how you got started in the fashion accessory world.
1: Okay, that's going to be an interesting one. Are you ready for a long one or a short one? It depends on which one you want to go by.
0: (laughs) I want the truth, so I want all of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we'll start with me first, right? Um, So I was born in London. Um, I was raised in Ghana. And I was bred in Philadelphia, (laughs) When I came Ooh. to college, that's how I put it, you know. So um, every every part of my life journey has had a great impact of where I am right now, and what even got me to do this, you know. So um, I mean, I just like most most um, Africans that come here for school, like myself, right? Um, when we're coming, there's a lot of stereotypical mindset of what it will be in America, you know. Um, So I had my own mindset based on what I had been seeing, you know, uh, on media and whatnot, you know, the perception that I felt that it was and what people say, you know, um, sagging my pants all the way down to the bottom, you know, <laughs> thinking that I'm being hip hop ish in my own ways. And um when I came here it was a different story when I went to school. You know, the um actually I feel like I embraced myself more as being African when I came to when I went to um Temple University to you to anyone that <laughs> <To>
0: you.
1: <laughs> you know so you know, we, it, it was interesting, you know, it's just that I realized that I had a different perspective of um, even myself, you know, what I, I was trying to be. And I realized that just being myself got me a lot of, um, how should I say, a lot of respect. You know, people liked my accent just the way it was. I didn't have to try and um, 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 have this american accent which i was not american so obviously you know they loved my accent the way it was i could just say one sentence and someone thought where are you from just from saying hello i say hello i said oh where are you from i "I just said hello (laughs) you know so these were all experiences um, that i had right and knowledge was spread across and i noticed that you know I, i i think i made myself so open to be Uh, to befriend people from all over the place. I have so many friends from the Caribbean, so many friends, of course, in different parts of the U.S., those that came straight from Atlanta, New York, or whatnot, you know. And we had so much in common, but then media was the one that was separating us, you know, because there was just all kinds of stereotypical uh, things that were said about each and every one of us. Where we did not see, you know, obviously I got the African booty scratching thing, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and, um, um, you know, but, you know, we, we learn from each other. So then I had to, I realized how I loved everyone and how they loved me. And we talk about things like rise in peace and, and Ghana, we have, we call it watch and it's like, and my um, Jamaican friend's like, well, bro, this, uh, this is rice and peace. I was like, no, this is watch it. He said, this is rice and peace. I said, listen, I am telling you it's called watch it. You know, but we had so much in common. Then my um, Afro-Latino friends are calling it something else too. So we had, even in food, we have so much in common. But then I realized that the only way to break this stereotype that we have amongst each other to build was to start a media platform. So just when I was about to finish school, um, I I started this magazine, which was called Origin, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how Origin started. And um, I was pretty much talking about how we have so much in common and Uh, It was a great magazine and it grew from there. So a lot of people that are from origin culture started from grassroots with us. You know, so that's what we're doing. And obviously we're building a lot of following and everybody was liking what we're talking about. You know, we're we're going into deep contents um, such as, hey, love yourself, be, be prideful. I mean, these like connecting Africa and the diaspora together. You know, but then there was one issue in the in uh, in the journey was when you go to the big box company, right? Where you wanted to get advertisement, we're suffering there in the sense that uh, our market was so niche, and you know the content that we were putting out there wasn't popular then. I'm talking about two thousand and four, five, six, seven. You know, around that time, and. It wasn't. It wasn't popular for them. They didn't. They didn't care to know about this. You know, they rather me yeah. say that I have a magazine in New York that has twenty thousand uh, subscribers. You know, for me to say I have look, I have woke people ar- around the continent and overseas that are like twenty thousand doesn't matter, and it was hurting. You know, so we are looking for ways to survive, and. It got to a point is either you close the chapter and then move on with something else you know and for me i had built so many so many people that depended on what we we're doing that it was so hard for me to close that chapter so i just kept on praying God, like show me a sign show me something show me why am i even doing this <laughs> you know <laughs> why mm-hmm. give me something to do uh, what because and i can't leave these people you know and i made a decision to move to ghana i can't remember i think it might be 2000 to 2010 there about and i moved to ghana and mm-hmm. I decided to explore different things in that area, but I was still doing, still help um, serving my community. Let's put it that way, you know? And then one day I had a dream, right? And I think before then, like people kept on, like when I'm looking for models, so I was like, oh, I would love to do a shoot for you, but I'm not African. I said, of course you're African. You know, once you are black, you're African. So what do you mean by you are not African? But, you know, and it bothered me. You know, because for me, there shouldn't be any th- reason for us to feel that, hey, because I'm not in the continent, I'm not African. You know, mm-hmm. once you are black, B-L-A-C-K, you are African, you know, point blank. So I that part always used to bother me when it comes to, you know, looking for models to do certain things, of course. But there are others too that would say hey of course I'll do this for you let's do this or whatnot but then so anyway I kept on you know thinking about what can I do when where people feel some sense of belonging right and one day I dreamt mm-hmm. I slept and I dreamt of um I dreamt of a woman walking right with Africa on her back you know and it was visited <laughs> I can't remember how it was. It was like, it just, I, 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 it was just like an Africa on her back. So I woke her, and it was like a, a great, it was like, she's walking in. Like, a, it was a lot of people, but she walked in and she walked in so elegantly. Right. And she's just walking through. It's like, I said, wherever she's walking, she's just walking through there. And it's like, everything's opening for her and when she's walking. So I woke up and I said, man. What kind of dream was this? And then it clicked to me that nobody has ever done a bag in the shape of Africa. And it also dawned to me that all everything that everybody has been asking for for all these years was, can I like to have a sense of belonging? You know, we, we wrote a lot of content. So we had a lot of comments and feedback. And you, so you build knowledge from there. And everybody wanted uh, some sense of belonging or to touch Africa. So I picked the pen. I, I, I used to draw. You know, I won competitions as an artist, right? So I picked up my thing and I started drawing the Africa bag and how it would look and how it could be functional, you know? And that's where it, that's where it began, So, I started designing this in Ghana. Got some few artisans to work with me where we started um, designing this. And believe me or not, it took me uh, almost five years to get this right to a certain level. Because, and within that five years, I was just paying for error. You know, I'll design the Africa shape right and I want it to be French. But by the time that that we, we work on it and the bag comes out, it's not exactly how it's supposed to look like, you know? And these are people to, to, there are some people, that also didn't want to take the challenge, you know, they wanted to go on with their daily life or what could go on and, you know, and I'm there designing an Africa bag that people would not even see in the dream that I was seeing, you know, to the point that I had friends that laughed at me, (laughs) you know, that who's going to be walking around with the Africa map on their bag? Uh, on their back, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, you know, it, so it's as I'm like, am I being stupid here or what? You know, like, what am I? You know, people are laughing and I'm doing it, but once it got to a certain level, I started wearing it myself and going out. So, in the streets of um, Ghana, I, they were calling me Africa Man, you know, and I felt like if you're going to want someone to wear something, you have to wear it yourself. You know, and wow. from there, people started. I had a few p- people that, oh, man, I like this thing. This is so unique. This is just or whatnot, you know. And the day that I decided to come to the U.S. with the bags to sell, I had only 20 bags with me. That's all I did because I didn't know whether it would be even re- received or whatnot. And I remember very well when I sat in the plane, right, coming, and I was coming for holidays. I sat in the plane, and right in the plane, this air hostess came to me. She said, excuse me, where did you get your bag from? I said, oh, I designed it. She said, no way. I said, yeah. She said, can I have a card? I said, sure. So I gave her the magazine card, which is origin, culture, anyways, but we hadn't started doing these bags. So I gave it to her, and She's like, thank you. Then somebody taps me at the back. She says, hey, can I get a car too? And <laughs> from there, right in there, I had about six people ask me for, a car, for my contact, for a bag. By the time I got to the US, when I posted the bag to sell, within less than um, a week, all 20 bags were gone. Then I felt like I found something that can sustain what i want to do because my main purpose has always been simple to connect all african descendants together together and i want that to be my that i just want that to be what my purpose is in life to connect all african descendants together and i because i believe that that's what i was put here on earth to do you know Mm. um and that's what has been my story from, from, from long, you know. Um, even in college, when I got to even understand things, it's always been that story that I love to connect, you know, uh, with my own people, you know. So this is the story of how it started, how, how the Africa bag was invented and how well it has been received in this world that I'm so grateful for. Um, because it's not just my story it's everyone's story you know and I've seen tears I've seen happiness you know just from what we've 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 done um, as a brand
0: Gotcha gotcha yeah that is a very interesting long story but like you hit. <laughs> Of course, crazy is that you hit a lot of the points that I probably was gonna ask you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like I feel like you answered probably like my first five questions just like in your like story Yay. when you were uh, going. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's like completely excellent. So now uh, a days, like um, where are you manufacturing and producing your products, and what would you say was the hardest part about getting like your products made um, when you first started out?
1: you want me to go there okay (laughs) of course this is um this this is an interesting part when it comes to leather right in ghana there are certain most of our leather we eat is the skin leather skin right so most of the leather we eat is part of our meal you know we have something called willy and i love it too (laughs) you know so they um We, 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 we don't, it's not the same process in other countries where they give you the meat and then they keep the skin to make money. So Mm -hmm. I learned a lot in the leather business whilst I was in Ghana, you know, and I realized that in order to make, to have good quality leather, right, there's a whole infrastructure that has to be built. You know, from the ab- from even from the point of the abattoir, right, where this—I um, hate to put it that way, but um, in that language—but you know, where the um, from from the slaughterhouse to the processing of meat to the separation of the leather, all that has to be put in place. Now, Ghana is not the best place for it y- yet because we eat our leather. And that's, that was one thing that I got to know because when I started, I was first I was going with the, hey, I'm going to do these bags with African, uh, with the leather coming from Ghana and whatnot, and there were issues with leather. You know, even to produce that much leather is going to be so hard, and we are still not there yet. You know, so that also includes a governmental... Um, intervention to be able to produce good quality leather okay so i looked into other places where they produce leather so i can source leather from them that's like for example argentina um, is known for leather brazil is known for leather Um, india is known for leather And these are the places where we looked into, into even Ethiopia too was looked into for leather. So these are the places that I looked into and diversified my uh, manufacturing into those places too, so that I'll be able to get um, the good quality leather for the customers. Because our our leather is 100% cowhide, natural male cowhide. So anyone in the leather business all already know the quality that we are using when it comes to leather.
0: Gotcha, you know? yeah. I actually I make I make handbags as well. Ah, so I'm good. pretty familiar with cow hide and leather okay. yeah I get a lot of my <laughs> leathers and cowhide from Italy. Um, I make um, a lot of cross bodies and um, like smaller bags. I call them jammers. So I know the leather is very interesting. Did you have to go through a lot of samples before you got the shape perfect? um of what you were looking
1: for, for? Yes I, I I told you in the beginning I took me 5 years but How many samples is
0: 5 years How, many samples? how many samples Oh my that, god How many samples or did how, you many, go how
1: many how many um <laughs> I went through like hundreds and this was me doing it in oh. Ghana But I I wanted to do this I saw it in a dream So it didn't mean anything to me you, you get what i'm saying uh, so you mm-hmm. see sometimes people see something and see how see what is happening now and say oh wow is it? but you don't know the struggle that has that that the person has gone through from the beginning you know so this took me five almost five years you know, the shape will come and it's not the same way. Then they'll cut it. And then, or the sewing is not the right way that it's supposed to be. And, or maybe the zipper is this. So it's always learning, you know. And I, let, let me put it this way, too. As much as I'm in the fashion world, right, I don't consider myself a fashion designer. I consider myself an artist. I consider myself a creative. I consider myself an inventor. I'm just using. I'm just in the industry of fashion, and doing it through that side. You never know what I might do next time. You, you get what I'm saying. But that is the avenue that I went through doing that. So obviously, when I was there, I had to learn certain things the hard way, you know. Or you know, knowing textures and certain things and what type of leather this is, or what type of leather that one is, and the was it, it was all all that I had to do through a lot of learning, sleepless nights you know, in that in that area. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that sounds very, very interesting. I know that, that um for me I didn't go through that many samples when I came to creating the bag, but you definitely created something that has a very interesting shape and curves and stuff like that, which is probably why I went through so much yeah. For you. Yeah,
1: people didn't want to take the, the I mean, there was a part that you had few people that wanted to take that challenge because it was very, very unique and very, very mm-hmm. time consuming to do that. You know, yeah, if, if you if you, since you do leather, you could imagine just sewing and cutting and all, it was just unfolding and all that, you know, and then I want certain things to be at the taste of quality because for me, it was not just making a bag. I wanted to, to put something out there that was quality, right? So that mm-hmm. whoever wears it sees the value that they that they wearing their own value, you know. I it's not just designing an Africa bag. I want value. I want the value for them to see even the value that they or to complement their values too. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> So tell me about a time. Okay. So I have like this segment. It's called, uh, it's a success or it's a disaster. <laughs> and In this segment, um, i just like for people to tell me a story about something that may have happened in, like, their business that didn't go right, but it was, like, a learning lesson for them, and they may have changed the way they did something. And this um, segment is um, sponsored by the Assembly Line. Um, the Assembly Line is a full-service fashion consulting firm that focuses on cultivating and developing emerging talent by providing research and the guidance on all fronts. They provide various services including project management brand building, creative services product development and all around consulting Um, to build new brands and elevate established fashion businesses their mission is to empower entrepreneurs at any stage of their business and is here to help bring your brand from concept to consumer and everything in between so Archin, tell me about a time in your um, career where something went completely to shreds, it went to disaster and you made it a success
1: huh In my career. So. I think. I think I already answered that. Right.
0: No like something that you turned into a success. though, Like something like a story. That something went completely bad. And you may have like changed your business model. Afterwards.
1: Yes. So. It wasn't completely bad. But uh, as I said when we started off as a, we started off as a magazine and i had all mm-hmm. these following right i think by then i had probably like about 10,000 followers on facebook and for me it wasn't it wasn't working because i'm not getting the advertising i want but i still wanted to tell the story right and i had to think about what to do so me switching to, um, um, to, to fashion, right, and still being able to tell, a, to tell my stories through fashion is a great success, right, in the sense that I could have just folded it and then walked away, but I couldn't because I cared and loved for everyone that was on my platform and I couldn't leave them hanging. So I turned it around and came up with this, with the bags, right? But if you go on my Instagram, right, if you go on Origin Cultures Instagram, you will realize that our content is not even like, hey, look at the bag. This is fashion bag. No, it still tells stories, you know, and that is a success for me because I want to live every day inspiring and empowering people and that is what we are doing on our on our platform you know so for me that is the greatest success when it comes to um origin culture that we were able to switch to switch it in time and switch it in a in a beautiful way where we could actually do something so i don't need I guess the thing is now I don't need anyone's advertising dollars, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm able to put content and people love their content just the way it is. And they love their bags and they tell their own content too. For me, that's beautiful. You know, going to certain places and seeing even people with bags, and they don't even know that I'm probably the one that designed it. And I'm seeing them with bags on the street or somewhere. That's beautiful. That's content for me, and that's success.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, Get and I'm me. not saying success in terms of money because money certainly will come. back. success is to be able to 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 inspire and empower. It's success and able to. See something that was a dream come into reality. That's success for me.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. Gotcha. Okay. So tell me about, like, how it's been for you growing, like, your team. Like, are you, like, has it been difficult for you to, like, retain, like, um, a good team? And how has it been just, like, taking your fashion business from, like, it being just you and one person to having to put some ideas and some things um in the hands of others?
1: <laughs> okay. So I'll tell you, um... My background was in IT, so mm-hmm.
0: I've
1: I've been hands on on everything, right? I'm some sort of perfection. I'm a, I'm sort of a, the type of guy that you call a perfectionist. So he wants his hand in everything, right? Which is not always good. <laughs> Which is not always good. So, who designed the website? Mm-hmm. I did. Who did? the designs for the all the products i do who designs um um who who's the uh mindset behind some of the contents that we produce i am you know i'm always involved in these things right um, the type of content we should put out there and whatnot i'm heavily involved in it even to the point that sometimes customer service i don't know how many people do that but I I include myself in the customer service too. There was a time that there are times that I'll say, "Hey, I want to be on the call too," and that sense that I, mm-hmm. that's the only way you can feel your customers to know what they want and how they feel about things. And trust me, it's been the most amazing. That that's that's the place that I would love if I had my own way. I have like 10, 20, or hundreds of me out there just doing customer service just speaking to people you know because that's how you could only produce your to do the best that you can do for your product we are always doing r&d on our products because we hear what our customers are saying you know so um that side is good but then when it comes to certain places that we had to offload right like for example um um Fulfillment, you know, that was something that we could not handle by ourselves. That had to be handled by people that are, or by a company that is uh, that specializes in this or has has experiences for years to handle that and get customers their products on time. You know, that had to be handled by a different team because that was not something. And if we put that on ourselves, when do we even have the time to even design? So those are the things Mm -hmm. that we had to offload, which I understood. Um, There are other things, too, even in the uh, marketing where we had to offload to others. For example, Google and whatnot had a different team to handle that uh, for us because we wouldn't have that time. We wanted our our main focus to be on on, on what we are about, which is design, products, and then content, Mm-hmm. Content to inspire.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. So, what would you say the customer service means to you? It's
1: number one for me. It's everything. Customer service is everything to me. Because, um, it, 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 you know, you could design anything you want. But if you're not... You, you, you know, you have to respect. We have to respect the people that are buying from us. You have to appreciate the people that are mm-hmm. buying from us. You have to conversate with those that are buying from us. You know, you have to you have to you have to get connected. Mm-hmm. And that means a lot to me, in the sense that that's what that's what my life, my real life story has been. I've just been that person that is always connecting with people. You know, and I've trust me, I've I've gotten to speak. To amazing people, customers. God, they even know, you know, what mm-hmm. what I was getting myself into, and just chat, and they're my friends. I I make friends just just like that, <laughs> you know, just from speaking to me. So uh-huh. when someone catches me when uh, on the call, you know, which sometimes you know it gets so hectic. So of course I'm not on the calls or what and they the other team, but I wish I could speak to every customer of mine you know which is impossible mm-hmm. but I, if i had my own way i wish i could speak to every single customer of mine
0: yeah i know that can be very difficult very to very know. difficult
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and listen, <laughs> you know how crazy it is like sometimes right we can speak and someone's like i as this are you on ch- chatting with your family or what because we could be on the phone chatting like over reg- once I mm-hmm. not get to know this' me, we are chatting and we are chatting about nothing. Just having a conversation. And I and trust me, I have at that time sometimes I have time. You know, depending on this, I'm like, oh man, I have a meeting, but you know what? This conversation is so juicy, I have to stay on. <laughs> you know. And I'm texting, I'm saying that okay, guys, um, I'm gonna be a little bit late on this meeting because I have to finish this conversation, you know. But it's it's interesting and I love that. That's the that's the number one thing I love.
0: Gotcha. Okay, it makes sense. It makes so much sense. Can you tell me about um like I have another segment like before we wrap up. It's called it's a muse, um, something that inspires you, um, that keeps you motivated, that you would want to share with someone else. It could be a book, a quote, a person, an exhibit, anything of the sort. <laughs>
1: Um oh man. Um I don't I, I wish you didn't ask that question. <laughs> no, because oh, uh-uh. you know um I didn't I wasn't expecting to get to it just uh, this one is hurtful. So um My, my mother. Um, my mother that is in heaven inspires me. Um. Okay. She raised me up in a way to be very cultured, right? And she raised me up in a way to see the world in a, in a beautiful way. she didn't get to see so much that i've done or what i've accomplished now right but she always said to me that as long as you have your brains as long as you have your god Mm -hmm. as long as you have your purpose i am well and that's what I want you to do. And wherever you reach. In this world. Never look down upon others. And I think. That is something. That I've always held dear to my heart. And I don't want to let that go. That I don't want to ever be in any position. To look down on, upon people. You know. And I've never done that. For me. We all human beings, and we see eye to eye. It doesn't matter someone whether someone's taller or someone's shorter. The eye goes mm-hmm. eye to eye, right? And therefore, I always want to respect people, no matter what. Um, and so that's that that's who inspires me. You know, she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um on July 4th, you know, um, gotcha. and amazing things have happened since then. Maybe we'll save that for another talk next time when we get deeper into certain things, you know, um,
0: for sure. I, I appreciate you sharing yeah, that with me. You know, wasn't, it was I
1: wasn't expecting that type of question. So it slowed my, and my tempo down a bit, but you know,
0: we get yeah, deep on here. You know, <laughs> Inspiration is yeah, the thing. Yeah,
1: you know it's it's is is a deeper story that makes yeah, even sure. anyone that even doubts that there's a there's life after death. They can call me. I'll tell them things mm-hmm. and let them know there's life really after death. You know, and she might not have seen everything that I've accomplished here, but she ha- she does know. You know, and, and these are things that inspire me. I have, I I actually, and I've done that. I've lived my life doing that, you know. So I have enough stories to tell you the people we, that we've um, inspired and empowered, which is amazing. And yeah, it's like amazing stories that when you get to hear, it's good. And we continue to do that and my thing is simple this is the one thing I'll leave you with Mm -hmm. I cannot change the world but I believe that I can inspire someone to empower another person to motivate another person to change the world Mm -hmm. meaning I cannot do this by myself and it means all of us playing a part to make the world a better place
0: I love that. That's really dope.
1: That's what I leave <laughs> you okay. with.
0: Well, well, thank you for <laughs> leaving me with that piece of information. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, as I always say, you got to stay black. <laughs> um, keep motivated. Keep inspiring, Learning your craft. Um, if you want to just throw out your social media handles so that... Hey, um, but you left one uh, part out. How you stay you.
1: black and you don't add the pride part? You got to stay black. You got to stay Black powerful. <laughs> you got to stay you got to stay empowered. You got to stay inspired. <laughs> you know, at the pride part, you know, because we need we need that. Mm-hmm. We we all need that, you know. And we got to stay connected. That's the most that's the most beautiful part when we all connect, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sure. I love that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm sorry to <laughs> missing it. No,
1: anything. no, no. I'm just hey, don't d- say the way that you say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like the way you say it better. No. <laughs> the way you said it is perfect. So yeah, throw out your social media handles. And then we and we're gonna end yeah. off our episode so like that.
1: My social media handle is origin culture. Which is O R I J I N culture, not a G J <laughs> culture. Okay, uh, that's what that's yes. what the um um my origin. That's what my um, Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media handle is. Right, you know when you said throughout your when you said throughout gotcha. your um. Throughout your your social media handle, I was like, ah, what does this girl mean by she throw it out? Like, throw <sighs> it out where. <laughs> uh, throw it, like, throw world, it out for the world,
0: Throw it out yeah. the world. Yep.
1: So that's that's what it is. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Perfect. All right. Well, it was great speaking to you. I uh, really, really enjoyed our conversation. You have an amazing You too. Week. Have a okay. pleasant
1: one. Stay blessed. Stay loved. You know, hopefully um, this um, pandemic, um, things would, uh, you know, we could get out of this and get back to normal. You know, oh, speaking of that. Absolutely. Watch out. There's something new coming in a week. Just watch oh, out. Okay. All right. Watch out, out watch out and see. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
0: Perfect.
1: All right. Um, yeah. Have a great have one. A one. Okay. Uh, thank, you right, too. thank you. All right. Bye. All right,
0: bye.